Welcome back to Cobbler's Gulch. Episode 12, Effervescent. Sleep does not come easily to Hazel Peachwood on this night. Many things keep her awake. There's the goat, who lets herself into the orphanage, cloven hooves clip-clopping on the hardwood, jaws crunching and gnawing and chewing on everything. Tabletops, windowsills, curtains, utensils, anything the misplaced beast can get to. There's the unexplained absence of Madame Drax, and the only slightly more explained appearance of Smoochy Dringle, the Cobbler's Gulch wino, who passes out in a corner wearing just one sock after the goat eats the other one right off of his foot. A handwritten sign dangles from his neck. It reads, Madame Drax pro tem. Apparently, the Cobbler's Gulch powers that be thought it best to leave the orphans with a drunk rather than leave them to their own devices. This is a good lesson to you young people listening. You should question authority when the authority is making decisions that seem dangerous, or selfish, or mean, or dumb. When sleep finally does come, Hazel dreams of the unicorn again. That same one that haunts her dreams in the best way. It stands on the edge of the now-empty field of lilt blossoms, looking as distraught about the state of the lilt blossoms as Hazel feels. Suddenly, a strong wind whips through the now-empty field, and the sky darkens a bloody red. The unicorn's ears fold back, and it tears through the field, kicking and burying its teeth. Hands raised, Hazel runs toward the unicorn and tries to calm the beautiful beast. But it rears up on its hind legs, snorting and frothing, filled with nothing but dread. Which is when Hazel wakes, jostled from the nightmare by a sound just outside the window where her hammock hangs. It's the sound of Argle Bargle. Argle Bargle is the term used to describe the sound of Goblin Gab. It's throaty and phlegmy. And its sound chills the blood and produces a metallic taste on the tongue. That metallic taste? That's adrenaline. It courses through the body in times of excitement. But remember, there are many sides to excitement. At one extreme, there's fun. That feeling that comes from rickety wooden roller coasters. Or a perfectly landed water balloon upside your grandmother's head. At the other extreme, there are goblin encounters. And these are exciting in an awful way. Ways that make you fear for your safety, not to mention your sense of smell. Hazel goes to the window where she sees a small rabble of dark figures who might just be goblins. And she smells something horrible too, but she still has no context for the particulars of dragon farts, which according to Lump, who has smelled dragon farts, I have, is how they smell. And she also sees a small, effervescent glow 
that bounces and bobs about belly button high. The fairy. Hazel flings herself out of the hammock, yanks on her boots, bolts out of the orphan's quarters, romps down the stairs past the insatiable goat and smoochy dringle the wino, and she steals away after what she believes to be the fairy. Once outside, she finds it difficult to keep up. The figures move quickly. And although she can hear the argly bargly sounds and pattern, the thick sheets of fog that drift this way and that carry their voices. This way and that. <laughs> Hazel scurries 20 paces one way, loses the sound of the gab, and then double backs until she picks up the sound once more. At those times when the argle-bargle quiets, she's fortunate enough to discern just the slightest flash or flicker of what she believes to be the fairy, and so she's able to keep up. She pursues them through Cobbler's Gulch to the edge of town and through the now-empty field of lilt blossoms, all the way to the tree-lined arch that leads to the bridge of the spinning woman. And this is where Hazel's pursuit hiccups. She stops at the mouth of the tree-lined arch that precedes the bridge. The arch looks as though it might try to bite her, or even swallow her whole. This is where it all started for Hazel. The vanishing of her parents, orphanhood, a life of feeling alone. Never has the feeling been so raw, so bitter, so sour. Not even the two goats, the nanny and her billy, that so often meet her in the field of now empty lilt blossoms or anywhere in sight. It's a horrible thing. A horrible, wretched thing to feel alone. And then, suddenly, the smack of loneliness dissolves and she doesn't feel so alone. And maybe it's because she isn't. Hazel is so consumed with following what she believes to be a fairy that she nearly doesn't realize that she herself is being followed. Ten paces behind her, shoulder to shoulder, stand Squish, Lump, Zip, Oz, Copper, Gruff, and Elwood. Iggly Piggly. All seven of her orphan brothers. So, are you all following me? Uh, why would you ask that? Aye, we, we're, we're just standing here. Some only slightly taller than others. And if we're all just sitting here... Uh, uh, wait. Oh, I mean just standing here. Who's to say who's doing the leading and who's doing the following? That's true, Hazel. It's true. Isn't it true? Zip finishes up that rhetorical question, and then he turns into a giant bullfrog. Greedy. 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 And then immediately turns right back into himself. Well, um, I'm headed across the bridge of the spinning woman, so you should all head back to the orphanage. Well, Hazel, we're here now. And now that we're here, and not back there, we can be ensuring your safe path. Oi, we'd be good luck charms for you. You will, huh? Hazel's charmed by the gesture, but then the charm turns to curiosity. Whose idea was this? All eyes go to Elwood. We all agreed to help you, and we still haven't gotten around to it. Figure we ought to keep close until the opportunity presents itself. 
Hazel considers the offer, and she's nearly sure about two things. One, that they will probably hinder and hamstring her more than they'll help her. And two, that she would love to have their company, especially while she crosses the bridge of the Spinning Woman. How many of you have ever crossed the bridge of the Spinning Woman? None of them answer, unless seven shrugging orphans qualifies as an answer. Do any of you have first-hand knowledge of the Crimson Forest? More shrugging. And do any of you know what kind of creature would and could kidnap a fairy? And even more shrugging. Well, at least I'm not alone. Hazel turns, and with seven misfit ragamuffins at her back, she inches through the arch that leads to the bridge of the Spinning Woman. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler Sculpture, The Spinning Woman. In the meantime, you should know, and if you have good instincts, you might already know, but in the event that you don't have good instincts, you should know we're just about through the beginning of this story, and we're headed to the middle, to the heart of the adventure. In a story, this is where the characters we care about move into unfamiliar territory. There are tests up ahead, challenges. It's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be uncomfortable. But that's where all the opportunities are. Unfamiliar territory. That's the address for your wildest dreams.